You know, <clears throat> it came to my mind while we were praying. <clears throat> Everything in this universe operates on a frequency. They, they call it a hertz, I believe. Is that right? That's what frequency is. And, and I know for a fact that in my house, we have conflicts of hertzes. <laughs> we have um, some that some devices will connect to automatically and others will not connect to at all because it doesn't like the frequency or the hertz that it's on. But I'm so very thankful that the frequency of the Holy Spirit speaks to each and every heart. No matter what frequency we may be in or on, he can reach us wherever we are and in whatever situation. Aren't you thankful? I want to say this morning how much we love the Word of God and we love the Spirit of God. And I just pray that the Lord will help me to treat them with great reverence and apply them to our hearts today that we can bury these truths deeply, deeply within our hearts. I want to talk about adoption and inheritance this morning and this message dovetails a little bit with last week's message but I don't think it'll be repetitious for you if you want to turn your Bibles to Genesis 48 we're going to be reading there in in a minute the children of Israel are in, are in Egypt's bondage at this particular time under Pharaoh <clears throat> And Jacob, who was Isaac's son, we talked about Rebekah and Isaac last week, and we're talking about Jacob. Isaac's son was on his deathbed now, and he called for his 12 sons to come and rally around him and let him see them once more before he passed away. And Jacob was already very weak and frail, and the Bible says that he was blind from age. He couldn't see so when Jacob's son, Joseph, heard of his father's condition, he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, to see his father, their grandfather. <clears throat> and when Jacob learned that Joseph had come to see him, in verse 2, he says, he, it says that he collected all of his strength and he sat up in the bed and he began to recite the times through his life that God had blessed him, through the times that God had appeared to him. Reading verse 3, Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of peoples and will give this land to your descendants after you for an, an everlasting possession. Verse 5, now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Remember, this is Jacob, the grandfather of these two boys, not the father. And he said, they are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine. This is talking about an adoption. 
so that Ephraim and Manasseh would receive equal portions of the inheritance that Jacob would give as Jacob and Leah's oldest sons, Reuben and Simeon, and Joseph's older brothers. Verse 6, But your offspring that have been born after these shall be yours. They shall be called by the names of their brothers in their inheritance. Verse 8, When Israel or Jacob saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons, whom God has given me here in Egypt, just as Jacob said. So Jacob said, bring them to me that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them close to him, and he kissed them, and he embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, and behold, God has let me see your children as well. We're going to stop here a minute. I read that these two boys were in age somewhere around 18 to 22 years old, and that Manasseh was the eldest son and therefore in line for the birthright. But you heard that uh, Jacob said the opposite. He said Ephraim and Manasseh, putting the younger before the elder. And so Jacob said this before he knew who it was that Joseph had brought with him because he couldn't see who they were, proving that through the Holy Spirit this work was being done and that he was directing Joseph to take these sons to see his grandfather before they died, and directing Jacob's words in ordering these boys, Ephraim and Manasseh, instead of Manasseh and Ephraim. And the Holy Spirit from this point forward took complete control. Now I'm going to continue reading and starting with verse 12, but I'm going to switch to the New Living Translation because it's much, much clearer what happens. And I will say before I read this passage, I was going to see if Claire and Evan would let me use them as an illustration this morning. And after I read this half a dozen times, I think the Lord talked me out of it because I'm afraid I would have gotten all mixed up. And you'll see why in a minute. So reading verse 12, so Joseph moved the boys who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, Joseph's right hand, he directed Ephraim, the younger, towards Jacob's left hand, and with his left hand, Joseph's left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand. Are you with me so far? You see why I switched to the New Living Translation? But Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out to lay his hands on the boy's heads. And he put his right hand on the head of Ephraim 
though he was the younger boy, and his left hand on Manasseh, though he was the firstborn. And he blessed them. And Joseph said, he blessed Joseph, excuse me, and said, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all of my life to this very day. And King James says beautifully, the one who's fed me every day of my life, verse 16, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm. May he bless these boys. May they preserve my name and the names of Abraham and Isaac. And now you see why it's always referred to as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was their God. <clears throat> and may their descendants multiply greatly throughout the earth. Verse 17, but Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand upon Ephraim's head. So Joseph lifted it to move it to Manasseh's head. And he said, no, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on him. And verse 19, but his father refused. I know, my son, I know, he replied. Manasseh will also become a great people, but his younger brother will become even greater, and his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with his blessing. The people of Israel will use your names, boys, when they give a blessing. They will say, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. And in this way, Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Then Jacob said to Joseph, Look, I am about to die, but God will be with you and take you back to Canaan, the land of your ancestors. And beyond what I have given your brothers, I'm going to give you an extra portion that I took from the Amorites with my sword and my bow. The guidance of the Holy Spirit throughout this whole thing, and now you see why I didn't want to get the kids up here and get all crossways with their heads and get it all messed up. But the impactful thing about this is not only to the family dynamics, but also to the future generations of Israel. Because the Spirit of God changed Jacob's name in this passage nine times from Jacob to Israel, signifying that he could see by faith. He was blind by age, but he could see through the Holy Spirit by faith. And by the Holy Spirit's unction, not only was Jacob seeing Joseph, his son, one last time, but he's also blessed by the Lord to see 
his chosen grandsons, whom he named as his before he knew who it was that was in the room with Jacob. And he said, by these two, many nations will be blessed. And by the moving of the Holy Spirit, he forever associated these two directly with his own ancestry of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob saw by faith through the Holy Spirit that Ephraim would be the greater of the two, even though he was the younger. And literally, the Holy Spirit was his eyes, causing him to cross his arms over the heads. He couldn't see what Joseph, the father, had done to position the boys in the way he thought would be correct with the older about to be touched by Jacob's right hand and the younger to be touched by his left hand. And yet the Holy Spirit touched Jacob in such a way that when he went to pray, he crossed his arms over them. And he saw through the Holy Spirit that he needed to caution Joseph about getting out of Egypt and aligning spiritually with God in the promised land, get out of Egypt. And finally, by working of the Holy Spirit, despite all of Joseph's efforts to arrange the boys in the way he thought was proper, the will of the Lord was done. Amen? And God honored Jacob's adoption and blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh, and this was seen throughout history. Some writers say that Ephraim was focused solely on spiritual things, and therefore he was the more frequent victor, and his name means twice blessed, while Manasseh, though somewhat spiritually minded, was more focused on worldly things, conquering and taking control, and though he too was blessed by God, not nearly to the extent of Ephraim. And here is the most amazing thing. For since that time, just as Jacob spoke these words, Jewish fathers, as you know, they begin their Sabbath day on Friday evening at sundown. And the very first thing that fathers do is, after the women, light the candles for the, uh, the Sabbath time. They call it the Shabbat. They, the, the father takes the children and he lays his hands upon each one of their heads and he blesses them every Friday evening. I have a friend way, way back. She was raised in a very... Orthodox Jewish home, and she said the thing that we looked to the most was the blessing of the Father, him laying his hand upon our heads and speaking these words. May God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. It's in their book of prayers, and they speak it every week. Well, you may say, what is the parallel or the meaning for us because like Ephraim and Manasseh, because Jacob crossed his arms and he put his right hand, a symbol of the higher blessing 
on the younger son. As Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary, God crossed his arms and he took his hand of blessing for a time off of his son and he laid it upon the second born, us, the undeserving ones, the ones who were not worthy of receiving the birthright. We did not deserve it. We were not in line for it. But God said, I'm going to bless them just like I blessed Ephraim, the younger, and brought us in to that fold and to that family by the crossing of his arms of Jesus on that cross. Do you doubt it? Do you wonder, oh, she's lost her mind. This is a far stretch to get there. Well, let's keep reading just a little bit. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, after naming all these stalwarts of the faith, including Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in verse 32, we're going to start reading there. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, and others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, chains and imp imprisonment. 37, and they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, and they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. 38, look at this. Men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground, and all of these have gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God, because God had provided something better for us in Christ, verse 40, so that these would not reach perfection without us. In other words, he didn't leave us out of the blessing. He brought us into that family. He crossed his arms and laid that right anointing hand upon all the secondborns, all the Ephraims. By the power of Christ's death, he made a way for us. Romans 8, 15, and I'm getting ready to close. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again because we don't have to go back to Egypt's bondage. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons. Just like Jacob said, I'm adopting these two. They don't belong to me, but I'm adopting them into my family. And we've received that same spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, 
Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified in him. Does it make sense now that God took that right hand and he crossed it and he said, I love you and I'm bringing you in. I'm adopting you as my own. And the very inheritance meant for Jesus Christ belongs to us as well. Sons like Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we know that we're so unworthy to be seated Next to such a wonderful, deserving son as your own son, Jesus. But how thankful we are, O oh God, that undeserving as we are, you crossed your hands and you laid that blessing upon us, Lord. And I know everyone here, Lord, wants that inheritance, wants to receive that blessing. And if you do, just raise your hand in praise and say, yes, Lord, take me as your son. Take me into your inheritance, Lord. Bless me with the blessings that I cannot contain, blessings that I did not deserve, but you gave them anyway. Oh, Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful, and that's why we sing, let there be glory and honor and praises. Let there be glory and honor to Jesus. Glory and honor, glory and honor, glory and honor to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father, that you have pulled us in. It's legal. It's final. It cannot be undone unless we ourselves reject the inheritance that you've given to us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray that you would go with each of us this week. Lord, that we would recognize and remember, Lord, and realize the, the magnificent inheritance that we've been given and that we don't deserve. In Jesus' precious name, I ask all of these things. Amen and amen. <laughs>